0: This interview is made possible by my friends at Athens Screen Printing, HP Overhead Door Company, Speedy Tech Repair, and Tinsley Law & Title. Their sponsorship makes it possible for me to provide free content to the community. Please say thank you by visiting each of their Facebook pages. friends, Michael from Hannigan Media here, and I am with Henderson County Judge Wade McKinney. How are you doing today, sir? Doing good,
1: Mike.
0: Thank you. So now, normally when I talk about that, I say, and here I am at the Courthouse Annex, where we usually record right next to your office. Uh, but I can't say that today because that's not what we're doing today.
1: the oh, uh, world of technology.
0: Yeah, the world of technology. So uh, just to make sure everybody knows, uh, I have actually been in contact with somebody who might have COVID. So in order to uh, protect the judge and everybody else at the courthouse, we're doing this via Zoom. So, yes, Zoom is uh, uh, 2020 uh, sponsored by Zoom. <laughs> um, yeah, and as much as I, do the, uh, as I do technology, I am not a big fan of the Zoom. I, li- I would rather do this face-to-face. But we're going to give this a shot. Um, All right. Today, also, big day in the county. It's Election Day.
1: It is at that, Michael. And you know that this election is going to determine um, two of the commissioner's seats and multiple runoffs um, on the state side for the Democratic offices. So we're excited Mm -hmm. about
0: And so here's the thing, let's, let's do a little, let's do a civics lesson, because yes, all right, for all those who are listening, we have a ton of information about COVID-19, uh, and very important information we want to get to, but there are also other things that are happening in our county, uh, and one of them is this election. Let's do a little civics lesson, you and I, uh, and talk about the fact that this is a primary election, and not only that, it's a runoff election, Because I've seen some stuff from the elections uh, office today where people are a little confused because they're coming from a precinct that doesn't have a runoff and getting confused as to why they're being turned away. Like if a Republican goes in to vote and doesn't have one of those two precincts, they don't have anything to vote for because it's a primary. Would you explain to everybody what a primary election is?
1: With Michael, and of course, with everything else, 2020, it can't be simple. Um, This is a primary election. This is meant and designed for the parties to choose their candidates to represent them in the general election that is in November. Now, in this instance, we have um, a couple of positions, such as on the commissioner's court, that this year do not do not have a democratic challenger in the general election. We just have in this instance four Republicans vying for two seats. And normally, this election would have this runoff election would have taken place a month and a half ago. Yeah, about a month and a half ago in May, but due to COVID. All of the other wonderful events of this year, it has been pushed back.
0: Right. But this is, so, so, and that's the big thing that people have to understand. So we hear election and we think, you know, hey, it's election day. And, and I am guilty as well. I use that terminology because that's the terminology people are used to. But really, this is not Henderson County having an election. This is the Republican Party having an election. And the Democrat Party having a totally separate election, they 're just doing it in our facilities in the county facilities because that 's the way we do those.
1: That is correct. two separate yes. elections Happy two separate election. time together
0: and because this is a runoff, the only people who are on the ballot are the people who or in the races that didn't have a specific winner in the last election, nobody won more than 50% of the vote in this ele- in their election in the last the last go round the last primary, which would have been March.
1: March, yes. March.
0: Um. Which means we have four counties. I mean, four precincts in the county. We have runoffs in two of those in the Republican Party. Right. Those are the only elections. That means if you're in either of the other precincts, you don't have an election today.
1: That's right. Okay. And there, and there has been some confusion <laughs> given the fact that everyone is wishing to exercise their civic duty. Half of the county is not having an election. In this Republican primary
0: yes in the Republican side half the county doesn't have anything because there's no runoff statewide either
1: Correct. Right. now on the Democrat Democratic
0: side, side there
1: is a full election for state and federal positions
0: right so they have runoffs statewide so everybody who votes in the Democratic Party in the county has an election today even though they're voting for nobody local Correct. Outstanding. I think we just confused everybody even more <laughs> about what's going on. Welcome. Welcome to your government. And uh, why uh, I know the uh, county judge will be with me on this one. We need more civics education in our schools.
1: Amen. Amen.
0: So all right. So let's move on. Let's talk about COVID-19 because, you know, how can we get together and not talk about COVID-19? Um, Since I spoke to you last time, there's been a big jump in numbers.
1: There has. There has. In the last, uh, over the weekend, from July 10th to July 13th, we had a jump of positive cases detected of 63, and that is the largest single jump we have had to date.
0: 63 additional cases from July 10th to July 13th, According to Med Health, which is Henderson County's public health department, there were a total of 319 cases for all of the time that we've been tracking in the pandemic. 240 of those cases are active today, and we have 74 cases recovered. Um, okay, so let's break these numbers down for just a second. Let's start with the active and, and um, that's one of those numbers that you have said in the past was one that you pay very, very close attention to. And that number has just gone through the roof. What do you see with that number going up? What does, what does that say to you about what's going on?
1: That number, it, it speaks to me that we, we are identifying the disease or the virus within our community. And those individuals that are in that active case are those that are designated that can be possible individuals that spread.
0: Okay. So, so these are people that are testing positive. Like what, one of the things I've heard, one of the things I've said, okay, there's been a big increase in case in testing. If you test more, you're going to catch more. Yes. does. So so does this increase in active cases, is this saying we're doing more testing or is it saying there's more virus in our community now than there was before? Can we make any kind of can we can we draw any conclusions from it?
1: I believe that the way that I approach it is I give it both um valuable consideration because if you are identifying these individuals with the virus, you are identifying possible risks. So they they both come together. The when you are testing more, yes, you will get more, and with the getting more is the active that can spread. Because if you don't look at it that way, you have it would be the old sticking your head in the sand. You have right. to know and see what is actually going on. You know, there are many arguments about testing and, and I don't even argue that anymore because it is an indicator of what is possible with, with relation to the virus.
0: Okay. All right. So the other number that's in that line that we always look, we always look at the total number, we always look at the active numbers, and we always look at the recovered numbers. As of yesterday, NetHealth was uh, reporting 74 recovered cases. And, the, uh, and I believe, without looking back, that they've been reporting 74 recovered cases for more than a week now. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and, and say to me, that doesn't, I, I would think there would be more. But you've heard something about that.
1: I have and it goes back to our discussion that we were having last week with the contact tracing and the the raw needs of manpower to do all the contact tracing. Well when you have for the entire seven county region that Net Health covers, in that same three days that we went up sixty three, the total region went up three
0: hundred and forty so, nine. That's that's for the region of Net Health. The 300 40. Yeah,
1: 349 <laughs> total now when you we did the math on what was it last time 19 yeah I, I, contacts a piece yeah
0: 20 contacts a piece.
1: exactly so you do the same with this and it exponentially the workload increases exponentially on this and so what they have had to do at med health is they've had to focus their uh available Uh, resources toward continuing the contact tracing, and they have put on the back burner the release of the uh, the updated numbers for recoveries.
0: Okay. Now, this is important, and I want to go back over this one more time because um, when I'm I'm sharing our interviews and and when I'm talking to people about COVID-19, this is one of the things I hear all the time is about the recovered and the recoveries. And so I think this is really important. Um, and so what we're saying is that on the numbers, the recoveries have not gone up, but the reason is because the sheer logistics of trying to handle the pandemic is causing them to say, all right, the people who are active cases now Take priority over the people who are okay.
1: Right. And if we
0: go ahead, I was going to say, and to take that, if you take the 63 cases that we looked at from July 10th to the 13th, and we say, okay, 20 contacts per, and I think most people would contact more than 20 people, but we're saying 20 contacts per, that's 1,260 contacts. To chase down and we've already said that NetHealth is an organization that um, works for five counties I believe it is seven, seven counties I'm sorry correct. seven counties and uh, we had half of a person dedicated to us correct okay so if they've got to track down all the contacts and all the information for those 63 people plus their contacts Chasing down the people who have recovered gets put on the back burner.
1: It does. And remember, even before the numbers began increasing like they have, there have been individuals that within the 14 day time period, they have not been able to get in contact with to verify all of the final portions for them to put them into a recovered section. And for those individuals, They automatically went to recover if they weren't in the hospital after 30 days. So there is a mechanism in place so that it will not be put off forever. It is just that instead of getting them every 14 days, it may stretch out to every 30 days. And, of course, that's rolling throughout the week that you are out through the month. Sure, and
0: they're rolling them because I remember in our conversations before, NetHealth has a tendency to do the recoveries on one day.
1: Correct, on
0: Friday. So so you're not seeing, okay, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, recoveries going up, but on Friday you may see a jump 20, 25, something like that. When they do do the recoveries. That is correct. But as it is, NetHealth, or you have heard that, Recovery is being put on the back burner just because the positive cases have risen enough that all hands on deck are trying to cover them at this moment. And so following up on somebody who had coronavirus, had COVID-19 three weeks ago, isn't a priority.
1: Right. And it's not just here. It is across the entire state. Sure. I go back. The governor uh, at the beginning wanted to add 4,000 individuals to do contact tracing, uh, even bringing in uh, AgriLife, uh, which used to be the extension. Oh, director, the
0: extension for us, yeah. for
1: and I believe that the last, um, last number I saw, they have only been able to add about 2,000 to that. And that was he put this initiative out over a month ago. So it takes time for training and all of the logistics and the support that they need to do it.
0: To, to use the uh, government word that you taught me when this all started, uh, or the government phrase, it takes time to stand that up.
1: It does. It does. Okay. When Whenever you have a, a l- large logistical effort, it takes time to get it functional.
0: Okay. So, um, so there you go, uh, friends who are listening. I know a lot of you are really uh, interested in the recoveries and all. And and we're interested in the recoveries too. Here's the absolute truth. Everybody's interested in the recoveries, but they don't take priority over finding out who's catching it now and trying to get them quarantined and the people around them. Just like I'm on zoom with the judge today. So that if I'm, uh, if I'm, uh, uh, in fact, that I'm not spreading it anymore. Um, that takes priority over adding somebody to the recovered list, it, it, trying to stop the spread. It, it, it absolutely takes priority. Uh, and we're not talking about, I think sometimes people think, oh, it's government, and they've got this idea in their head that government is so big, that they can do anything. And the truth of the matter is we are the government and there's like, again, one person doing two counties right now, trying to track some of these down. Now I know that there are other people helping their police stations and police officers trying to help. And I know you have some folks at the county that are trying to help, but those people also have their own duties to do their regular duties to do. Plus, you know, there was one example, uh, and, and I know you've got plenty like this, is the officer who tried to track down an address for someone who was supposedly at COVID. It was the wrong address because it was the wrong address on their driver's license. So then they had to try and track it down again. And then they went to the, and it was another wrong. It took them three times to get the right address between the police and Net Health. And we're talking about 1,200 contacts in the last three days
1: doing that. That's right, and and it really is. And when you look at the the amount of people involved, just to run down an address, we take for granted that every address is going to be correct. But as you begin to increase the numbers, that per what might be a pa- small percentage actually increases in actual numbers of how many that have to be tracked down in that fashion.
0: Uh, sure, if only ten percent of the sixty three cases um have bogus addresses and bogus information that's six people those six people uh could have contacted 20 people then they takes that six to 120 when you go to the contacts and now i got 120 possible contacts that i don't really have the right information for
1: right and that's as the virus has developed into spread it makes many of those things that we have become accustomed to very difficult to do. In the beginning, there was many of these procedures in place when the virus was relatively small with the spread, but now that it has gotten so large, they are having to augment how they are responding just based upon the circumstances against the the raw numbers.
0: All right, and I'm going to show them old again. Do you remember that old Lucy ball? I love Lucy show where she's working the conveyor belt. <laughs> and the chocolates are going by and someone turns it up and it's real easy at first and then they turn up the conveyor belt and, and it just goes nuts um yeah i kind of have that image in my head now of what's going on all right so let's move on though because there is another number that is really really important with this um and and you have said in the past th- there's two numbers the first one is the active cases. the second one is the hospitalizations. Tell us about the hospitalizations.
1: It is. You know, the hospitalizations, they say, is a, is a lagging indicator of what the virus is doing in your area or across the state. And that is a true fact. It is a lagging indicator because it has to run its course down, too. And once you get to the hospitalization, that is the worst possible outcome that we could come with, that, that we could have. But it is the one number that is unarguable it is the one that can transcend across all areas as in comparisons to get a understanding of what's happening because in the beginning flattening the curve you did not want to overwhelm our hospital system which we did which bought two to three months time for hospitals to become prepared both with resources and All these things to get the capacity in place, well, now we are beginning to push that capacity, as you see, across the state. Some areas are um, more impacted than others, some not so much, all given to different circumstances. But that number is the one that you do not have the arguments about being, was it this, it's not a test, this test or that test that determines it, it's actual bodies inside the facility.
0: Yeah. all right and so how are we doing right now
1: you know we in TSAG, which is our region tyler Longview region there's 17 counties within that we are doing over the the last 14 days we have been increasing at a rather alarming rate when you look at it uh, we have gone from june the 28th which was 58 in the hospital on june to yesterday, July 17th, to 187 in that period of time.
0: Yes, over the period of time we've gone up. However, you've also seen that's not the high mark. We've actually come down in the last few days, haven't we?
1: We have. day before yesterday on, on July the 12th, our actual high mark was 220, and that's the most that we have seen within our TSA as of yet.
0: All right, so let's talk about this let's talk about this you you've thrown that term TSA out a few times. Now people who listen to the uh, listen to this interview every week they're going to know what that means, but a lot of other people might not um, are four hospitals in the state uh, we call it dishes. the Department of State Health Services um, breaks up the state into 22, different regions for hospitals and that's what's getting reported in our region which includes the Tyler Longview area and includes how many counties 17 17 counties has nearly a million people in it yes and and in our region we have 187 people currently in the hospital for COVID-19 related reasons That is correct. All right. The reason, and and again, we talked about this last week, actually, and if you um, are listening and you really want to break down to this, you can go to last week's uh, interview, last week's podcast and, and, and hear about it. But the reason we can't tell you X number of hospitalizations are in Athens is because Well, hospitalizations, they start here, they go over there, they go somewhere else. Um, Are they in the county? Are they not in the county? Um, And it's another one of those logistical nightmares. If you try it, the further you break it down, the more people you need to break it down. And so this is as far as we can break it down and be absolutely sure of our numbers.
1: Right, there is one communication that is relatively new to us. We do know that within Net health area, that it covers. That would be the seven. Seven counties. There. Okay. This is relatively new. This this came out yesterday. That it is 112. Of Ooh. Uh,
0: 112 of the 187 currently in the hospital are in the seven counties of net health.
1: That is correct.
0: But we can't break it down any further than that.
1: No, can't break it so, down.
0: So all 112 of those could be in Tyler, for, for instance. Right. Sorry, where they, Tyler.
1: <laughs> where, they, where they are located, currently located, we cannot tell, but right. 112 in the seven-county area right. are hospitalized.
0: Okay, so quick question, and it's one that, I, that just occurred to me as we've, we've been talking. So one of the biggest issues that we have had in this whole thing is, with the reporting is, uh, I'm from Henderson County, I live in Henderson County, and I go away and I go see friends, let's say I go to see friends in Tennessee. And I get sick while I'm there, and I go to a doctor, and I get tested, and I test positive while I'm in Tennessee. Well, that number eventually becomes a positive case in Henderson County, right? Yes. Okay. Let's say I'm in Henderson County, and I get sick, and I have to go into the hospital. And they take me, and they go, you know what? We need to send you to Dallas. In order to take care of you. Dallas is not in RTSA. No. Okay. So when I hit Dallas, do I count as the Dallas TSA? Or do I count as RTSA?
1: Again, the the logistics in breaking that down, I could not tell you.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: Well, my understanding, is that back at the beginning, even in one of the uh, governor's orders, it was that all reporting by all hospitals being made regularly will funnel up through the TSAs. We know that the positive test is tied to Henderson County.
0: Right. We know that for sure.
1: We know that for sure. Right. Uh, I would assume that it would be relatively easy that by that positive test, They would be able to tie it back to the TSA.
0: Yeah, but then again, if we're also saying, if we're also saying, I'm (laughs) sorry, I I opened up a can of worms because one of the other things that's really important in that document and those numbers are the number of available beds.
1: It is.
0: All right, so if the number of cases and the number of beds are equal, then the Dallas case can't count for us because the, we wouldn't be able to know how many beds. That's true. Well, so, ah, I'm giving myself a headache, Judge.
1: Well, the, the thing is is that, uh, remember, um, there was the talking about surge capacity. And yeah. as we've spoken before, there are other areas in the state that are just getting hammered and they are being stretched even past their surge capacity. Well, not there is a mild let's say, a mild, a less a less severe and severe, three categories of individuals suffering from COVID-19. Well, you can have them in different regions, different wards, so that you can break out those that needing more specific treatment in your more capable areas, quote, ICU areas. You can have some right. that have lesser symptoms moved out. And so you have that surge capacity to be able to contain it. So you see these numbers fluctuate when you follow the um, TSA numbers, you may have, um, in Dallas to yesterday has 14,088 staffed beds with 2,587 available. Well, two days before that, they had 15,000 staffed beds on that particular day and 3,000 beds available. Because you have to remember, these are these are daily reporting. So you may have shift change, you may have a downslope in the in that particular area, one or the other of the hospitalizations. So these numbers are always moving. So that's then, what we have to chart them every day,
0: right? So then, what we're looking at is trends, and that's what we're looking at. Then, with the trend in hospitalizations, has been to go up.
1: It has in our
0: uh, area over the last month.
1: It, it has. Um, that total hospitalizations has been trending up. And right. because of how long individuals are in there, that number continues to increase. We have been averaging about somewhere in between 7 and 10 a day. When you take all that is done since June the 28th, it sort of averages out because one day we had 27 and then one day we lost 33. So that averaging out is somewhere between six to eight um, a day going in.
0: And two-thirds of those cases are in net health, approximately.
1: (laughs) Approximately,
0: yes. All right. um, Yeah, it's taken me a second to get my head around those numbers. I I actually uh, was talking to uh, uh, Jennifer, who you know as the official wife of Hannigan Media. Yes, sir. And um, I had just gotten done saying that I think I've got my head wrapped around and understand COVID-19 now. And then uh, we started another conversation and I realized there's just a whole nother part of this that I really don't get. Uh, You did have some really good news about hospitalization statewide you wanted to talk about though.
1: I did, I did. This is the first time since we have been tracking where we actually had a decrease in state hospitalizations. It's the first one since I've started tracking this for across the entire state since June the 28th, and we actually decreased by five. That's awesome. I don't care if it's by one. Going down is good. I, I agree completely. I mean, for day after day, we were increasing statewide 400, 600, 300, 400, 200, just across the board and in the last week we had a 79 come in and then an 81 and then day before yesterday was 327 well now we're down by five below where we were and so i like it we'll take a win where we can
0: we will take a win where we can and i'm going to leave it at that because i'm going to late- take the good number and leave that as i go hey i got one last thing before we get out of here um that I thought you'd enjoy. I was reading a piece the other day. Actually, it was this morning, the, about a pandemic, and um, it was talking about an anti-mask society and how they had a rally to to like talk about how masks were a um, were were against individual rights. And how at the same time, there were other people who were really arguing about, you know, the fact is that it was stupid to even be wearing some of these masks because, you know, they were useless. They weren't actually doing anything at all. Um, and then I read that it was the 1980, 18, Spanish flu. And if you took 1918 and 1919, out of the conversation, it read exactly like today. There were uh, public officials, elected officials who were getting into trouble because the media was catching them walking around without their mask. That's
1: right.
0: And there was violence between anti-mask and mask people who were getting into fights, and one guy got shot over... <laughs> whether or not they should wear their mask. Um, So I was reminded that the more things change, the more they stay the same.
1: Michael, you and I both know, being students of history and um, of our faith, we have been the same for thousands of years.
0: Absolutely.
1: Different circumstances, but we are still the same. Same arguments, same thoughts, year after year after year.
0: All right. Well, with that, we're going to say goodbye and we will be back next week uh, to, to check in with uh, our judge and see what's going on in our county. Uh, at that time, we'll actually know something about who won the election. So we can talk a little bit about uh, changes to commissioner's court. And, yeah, we might talk a little bit about COVID, too. So join us next week. Uh, thank you, Judge, for um, switching things around and allowing us to do this via Zoom so that uh, we can get this interview.
1: You bet, Michael. Thank you.
0: All right. We'll talk to you
1: later. Take care.